Hey, this is Jason Hartless from the Ted Nugent Band, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. Today, we've got Jason Hartless, a drummer who's done quite a bunch of stuff, including being on the road right now with Ted Nugent. Very, very cool. You know, every time we do this intro, I want to go, Dingo and the Baby! (laughs) 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 Dingo, dingo, dingo! I have no idea what the hell's going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you ever seen that Family Guy episode? No. Where Brian and Stewie get a radio show? (laughs) And they start making, they make so much fun of like all the radio bumpers. He's like, oh, no, I've never he's like, it. hi, this is Brian, and and I'm Stewie, and then then he Stewie starts hitting buttons, like Stewie, stew, 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 Dingo and the baby. <laughs> it just, it goes I, I'm I'm clueless, but I love it. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm off track. No, that's great. I'm off track here. <laughs> what have you been listening to this week? Uh, Are you still just been working? Dude, I've j- that's all I've done is like this week I've mixed a country rock EP. I've mixed uh like a I guess I could call it R&B type track. Mm-hmm. Um I'm mixing a tool type track today. I have some metal coming up. I have some more country uh, it's yeah. I'm I'm Are these all Canadian artists? <clears throat> uh yeah, most of them, yeah. There's one nice. one band from from uh Austin. Wow, so you're doing quite a bit of stuff. That's great. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on. Like when I lived in Vancouver, I had to hustle, you know, to keep working. I'm thinking it's the rabbit's foot, dude. You're putting it out into the universe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like I'm like, why is everyone asking me to do this right now? I'm a kept man. I don't want to work. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> my wife the- is like, Where's all this money you're making? I'm like, Well, I haven't been paid yet. <laughs> right, it's all billing yeah. on like a ninety-day cycle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, it's Jason. Jason, hey, how's it going? How are you, Bruce doing Moore? Fair. My partner, Chris. I'm Chris. How you guys doing? Good. Good. How, are how, you? how are you? Fantastic. Where you at today? You on the road? No, I uh, got home about a week ago. Oh, okay, so it's done. was it a long run or just a short run? Uh, about seven weeks. Oh, that's a long run. How do you recover after that? That's got to be rough, right? Uh, you know, it's not too bad. Actually, for Ted, it's uh, the last two years we've gotten shorter tours. So it's uh, they used to be about two and a half months straight. Oh, wow. Now they're starting to slow down. Wow. Nice. Is it is it bus or flying? Uh, bus. Oh, okay. I guess seven weeks is still long, though, out on bus. Yeah, it's not too bad. You know, you get used to it. All right. So the biggest question I have, and we were just chatting about it a minute ago before we got you, what's it like touring with Uncle Ted? You know, it's 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 absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it actually overseeded my expectations, you know, coming into the gig. And, you know, I've been with Ted now for four years and, you know, I can't say enough great things about the man. And, you know, as a person and also as a musician, you know, being able to share the stage with such a, a you know, iconic rock legend is, you know, every night is just phenomenal. And, you know, the best part about the gig is really it's 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 super old school. So we're not playing to a click. We're not playing to backing tracks, unlike, you know, a lot of artists nowadays. So 
a lot of it's improvised. Every night's different. You could see us, you know, a thousand times on this, you know, on a tour and every night's going to be different. Oh, that's really cool. That's the way it's supposed to be, I think. I mean, it's way more organic and and intimate. Absolutely. It's an actual band. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that does leave more room for uh for error though, right? Well, you know, it's 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 again it it, it you know, Ted expects a certain level of musicianship in his bands, you know, so it's it's one of those things that he'll give us, you know, say 30 songs to learn before a tour and we're expected to know all those. But even so, you know, he's he's gone on stage and pulled out a song we hadn't played in two years. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's, uh, he expects a certain level of, uh, of, of musicianship in, in his uh, in his camp. Have you ever been so shocked that you're like, oh, no, I don't know this track? Well, it uh, we were, <laughs> there was a show this year on the road. I think we were in Buffalo or something, and uh, we were walking on stage. And Ted goes, "All right, we're going to do Love Grenade tonight." Like I, I never even heard that song before. <laughs> <laughs> and he's 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 just like, "Ah, just uh, you know, uh, watch me. Well, it'll be fine." <laughs> okay, okay, nice. And, and nice. our bass player hadn't played it with Ted in over ten years. Oh so. wow. Yeah. That's funny. How so, did it go? Oh, it sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, the only thing that matters. So I know you've probably answered this a hundred times, and I try not to ask the same questions, or Chris and I both, but we were just doing some research on you. How does somebody your age and you know get hooked up with a legend like Ted Nugent? Well, you know, it's it's it was kind of a, a long series of events. Um and it's a really, really, really long story. But, you know, kind of in a nutshell, um, I was touring with a band called Pistol Day Parade in uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. And um, we uh, we released the the um, the debut album in 2013. And and, you know, I can I can brag about how great the record was because I didn't write any of the songs, but songs were absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, it was active rocks type thing. And um we, uh, our managers, you know, in 2014, were like, all right, we're going to drop our lead single, you know, this summer, you know, you guys got to find a, a tour opening with, you know, a national act. So we ended up getting a tour for two and a half months with Ted. Oh, cool. Gotcha. And, um, you know, during that tour, the single was just climbing, 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 climbing. It was, you know, just extremely shooting up. And honestly, you know, the album was getting compared to Fleetwood Mac by rumors in the terms that I mean, oh my god rumors by Fleetwood Mac not the other way around but <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was with you um, in terms of that every song was going to be a single on the record you know which is you know just crazy but um, unfortunately after that tour um, many different circumstances the band uh, a couple members decided they did not like touring and the song was number 19 on the charts at the time. So, you know, it's, it's crazy because it, it wasn't like it was not working. It was working. And, um, you know, we were even projected to be number one by the end of 2014. Um, and we even got a, it was a co-headlining tour right after, like a couple months after the Nugent with Buck Cherry. And uh, that ended up having to be canceled because of the whole thing. Oh, man. So anyways. Um, Bummer. You know, after that, you know, I, I was looking around for, you know, work for the next year. And I sent a bunch of emails out to some industry folks and, and one being Doc McGee and um, uh, Doug Banker, who's, you know, Ted's manager. 
And uh, they both kind of separately at the same time kind of came at me and was like, uh, well, can you do a Ted Nugent set? Like, absolutely. So uh, Ted called me like two days later and uh, talked on the phone for about an hour about Detroit music and, you know, what he's looking for in a drummer and, you know, my influences and all that thing. And um, flew down to Waco, Texas uh, about a week later and sat in a sweaty, small, little teeny rehearsal room with Ted and the bass player. And I've been in the band ever since. <laughs> nice. nice. That's pretty wild. That's great. Does Ted play really loud? Oh yeah. I mean, he, he you stand in front of his amp. It's like standing in front of a jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Now I have a geeky question for you. What what kind of drums are you playing? It's not a geeky for me because I'm I'm what you call a drum hoarder. So <laughs> it's uh, it's totally totally uh, up my alley. I, I I've um I've played pearl drums my entire life, and um you know I've been very fortunate to have been endorsed by Pearl since I was ten years old. Oh so, wow! So you know those guys are have always been great to me, and you know every by every two years I switch up the 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 series of pearl drums that I'm playing. This year I was using a, a custom kit for the last two years actually. Um, that Pearl built for me in Nashville. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it, I'm one of those guys that I'm super, super geeky about my gear and, and things like that. But, um, this year my secret weapon was actually a vintage 70s Pearl, uh, chrome over brass snare drum. Oh my God. I love that snare. Which, I, I, yeah. For those that, those, those that know, that's the, uh, the, the underscore nickname is the Stuart Copeland snare drum because he used it on, you know, every single police record, even though that he was a Tama artist. So, um, and I've been, I, I've got, I've got 38 snare drums and 16 drum sets. So every year I'm kind of like, uh, what am I going to take out this time? <laughs> I've, been wanting, I've been wanting to take out this vintage snare for years because it's been kind of what I've always used in the studio and, you know, at home and just one of my favorites. And I took it out this year, did some, you know, a couple modern modifications to it. And, uh, I've never had so much positive feedback about a drum in my life. Like just people that, aren't even drummers commenting like, Oh my God, that snare drum was the best sounding snare drum I've ever oh, heard. Yeah. And it's loud. <laughs> oh yeah. It's loud. It's, you know, and I, I'm using the, the, you know, this 14 five version. So yeah. it's a, it's a shallow drum, but you're getting the crack out of it, but the body is just insane. I agree. Yeah, no, I've recorded, I've recorded that drum before. It's freaking amazing. And, and to be honest with you, my favorite set of drums that I've ever recorded has been a Pearl master custom set. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're spectacular drums, unbelievable. Anyway, sorry not to get too geeky off on the side here, Bruce. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. We're just chatting. We like to keep this uh, as casual as possible. But so I'm looking through your bio. You played with another uh, one of my favorites, too, Joe Lynn Turner. What was that like? Well, it's 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 kind of funny because you know Joe has musicians all around the world. So when he's in a certain part of the world, he calls certain musicians to do those gigs. So like oh, wow. I've, I've kind of the last three years been his designated Midwest drummer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so any, anytime, awesome. he, anytime he's playing Detroit, uh, Columbus, uh, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, that whole area, you know, I end up doing the shows and it's great because it's, it's, it's again, it's super old school and, and, you know, we don't rehearse. So it's, it's a, so off the cup cuffs, and, uh, you know, in the, in the other band, you know, got members that they bring in, uh, you know, Angus Clark from Trans-Siberian Orchestra and, you know, a bunch of other guys, just absolutely phenomenal musicians, you know, so, um, 
it's uh it's definitely fun and joe joe's you know one of the nicest guys in the world and one of the you know best rock vocalists ever so oh, man legend you know, absolutely a uh, pleasure to play with him and you know i got a funny story uh the last uh last tour i did with him um i ended up taking my car so i can take my drums so i didn't have to use backline gear at these venues and cause it was like Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, that whole thing. So it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, and that way, you know, Joe would just drive with me and, you know, leave more room in the van for everybody else. So we're in Chicago and we ended up staying, uh, staying the night there and my, my gear we left in, in the venue, you know, just pick it up in the morning and went down there to, to, uh, to get it thrown in my car and I'm backing up and I ended up blowing out my back window with a pole that was sticking out of a garbage can. Oh no. <laughs> and and Joe and I had to drive whatever six, seven hours to uh um St. Louis that day. So it was raining, it was cold. So <laughs> here I am sitting in, in, in downtown Chicago and Joe Lynn Turner's got two garbage bags and a and, a, and two rolls of duct tape. <laughs> Nice. Duct taping my my back window together so we can drive to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, great. Awesome. One of the funniest things that's ever happened on the road. To be honest with you. <laughs> That's bet. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, no, I see. Also, you on on your wiki page. There's a lot of support acts that you list there, and and um, one really caught my eye. Theory of a Dead Man because they're from my hometown, Vancouver, and. Um, Another one, which was Warrior Soul. Now, how many dates did you do with Warrior Soul? Like as a support act, I know. Um, let's see, I probably about ten or fifteen. This is in two thousand eight, and uh, it was kind of funny because my dad's one of my dad's favorite bands of all time is Warrior Soul. Oh yeah, always a massive, massive yeah. fan. And um, you know, I was it was two thousand eight, so I was thirteen at the time when we did that that run of dates. And, uh, you know, being my, my dad was in the music industry. So when I was underage, he would come out with whatever band I was with, um, and act as tour manager. Oh, you were playing in warrior soul. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Okay. I, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, you know, so my, my dad was out there, so he was super geeked and, uh, you know, my dad is a very loud, uh, uh outgoing person, you know, so he, uh, him and Corey Clark befriended very, very quick. And, and now Corey's one of my dad's best friends and, nice. you know, he stays at our house when he comes through town and stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I've met nice. Corey a few times. He's quite a character. Funny oh, guy. Absolutely. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, he's great. All right. So also, but on top of playing drums for Ted and all these, you're involved in record companies, in charities. You're involved in a whole lot of stuff as well as studying at Berkeley. How do you keep up with all these pretty massive pursuits? <laughs> it's it's tough. I, I go I go a thousand miles an hour. I've been home for a week and I literally haven't stopped to to catch my breath. To be honest with you, but uh, you know it's it's kind of great because you know I'm 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 about done with my uh, bachelor's degree at Berkeley College of Music, majoring in music business. Um, and I graduate in May, so it's uh it's it's kind of afforded me the opportunity when I got asked to kind of become a managing partner of a of a music conglomerate. You know, because I'm able to utilize all my actual real day-to-day work, you know, with mm-hmm. my schoolwork. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of hypothetical situations. Yeah. So it, it worked out, uh, you know, really, really good that way that I'm able to, you know, 
almost do my homework and do my real work at the same time. So yeah, like your teacher's like, here's a hypothetical situation. And you're like, raise your hand. Excuse me. <laughs> can I use a real situation? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and be honest with you, you know, I, I luckily Berkeley has a very prestigious online program. So, you know, I'm able to, to still tour and do what I need to do, do while still pursuing my degree. And, you know, luckily I chose that route because I kind of had to, uh, you know, crossroads of either moving out to Boston for four years or, um, you know, or doing this online approach. Now, luckily I did that because I got the call for Ted Nugent two weeks later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. That's great. Yeah. Where are you located now? Uh, still Detroit, you know, but I, yeah. but I, uh, I, I spend my time, um, a lot between Nashville and, and Detroit. So it's, you know, kind of, I'm living in both places right now. Yeah. I see on your, on the wiki page too, it says you're in Toronto recording. What studio were you up there? in uh metalworks i don't even know it was years ago uh, uh, doesn't matter i think that was 2007 i don't i don't even know it doesn't matter i'm, I'm just a like, geek like so guana, i want to know guana or something. i think it was like guana something like that i don't know uh, it was years ago <laughs> not a huge deal <laughs> so if you were out on the road and playing with these bands at 10 and 13 when did you actually pick up the sticks um, well, I, I pretty much started playing when I was six months old. I mean, I would, my dad would sit me on his lap and, you know, just start banging away. And then by the time I could crawl and, and walk on my own, I would, you know, jump on his drum set and start playing. And then by the time I was three or four, um, when I could actually sit by myself, touch the pedals and all that, you know, play the kit, my dad would bring over some of his buddies and, and jam with me. And, you know, but I played my first gig um, when I was five years old, doing all covers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, most kids are in the sandbox, you know, picking their nose at five and you're jamming, right? That's pretty amazing. I know what I was doing at five. It wasn't playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I've got a couple questions that kind of have nothing to do with this, but give the fans a chance to get to know you a little bit better if you're down. Um, what? Assuming you were stranded on a deserted island and you've got like a solar powered CD player or whatever, what three records would you take with you for the rest of your life? Ooh, um, Quadrophenia by the who Toto four by Toto. Hey. And, um, ghost and machine by the police. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Let's see. So everybody's got like kind of an aha moment. The first record they bought with their own money. I think at least I do. And most people I talk to, do you remember what the first record you bought with your own money was? No idea. (laughs) He's probably too young to know records. Yeah. I, I, you know, like he grew up with the internet. I actually not really though. No, no. Cause I, I was born in 94. So, um, I was still that, that we had the internet, but you know, I still remember pre Napster. In oh, a way. Yeah. Um, so I was still a CD, CD kid. Um, and, uh, but you know, my dad's three favorite bands were, you know, uh, so at least what I was growing up listening to was sweet T-Rex and, and kiss. And so that was yeah. kind of the introduction, but, um, I can tell you my, the first concert that I ever asked my parents to take me to. Sure. It's kind of funny how, you know, how things work out. Um, it was, uh, it was Alice Cooper in 2001 oh, on the wow. Dragon Tap tour. And I was a massive Eric Singer fan. And um, 
so you know, I went went to the gig and 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 it was just amazing. Now, fast forward, Eric Singer has become a very dear friend of mine, and um, now the bass player for Alice Cooper at that time is now my bass player with Ted Nugent. Oh, cool! Wow. <laughs> So I'm I'm a very very I'm a very big Eric Singer fan too because Badlands was probably one of my favorite bands growing up. Loved that band. Yeah, Eric, Eric is Eric's been a, a really really positive you know influence and mentor of mine since I think I met him when I was eight. And That's uh, nice. you know he's just definitely been a you know positive uh, influence and you know I talk to him all the time and and you know he's a insane uh vintage pearl drum collector as well so you know <laughs> he, 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 he's awesome he'll send me something when when you know rare that comes on for sale and i'm just like why are you sending me this <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah check this out you want this have you seen my garage <laughs> i have no more room man <laughs> oh, chris awesome. you got anything else i don't know this conversation's been great i really appreciate it yeah absolutely i appreciate the time Jason, I want to thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. Yeah, I appreciate the time. It's always fun. Awesome talking with you, man. Be you well. Are- Good luck with all your endeavors, and hopefully we'll see you when you come to town one day. Absolutely. Thanks right. so much. Be well, brother. Cheers. Thanks. Really and good guy. What a story. Playing, I mean, touring at 10 and playing with some massive uh, players. Imagine being 24 and going on the road with like... A legend. <laughs> a legend, yeah. Actually, two legends, Joe Lynn Turner from Rainbow's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's crazy. Well, cool, man. Thanks for listening and keep it metal. Always metal. Dingo and the baby. <laughs> hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.